Hello and welcome to From the Rookery End. This is Mike outside the in the shadow of the away end at Bramall Lane where Watford have just lost a close championship contest 1-0 to the host. I'm joined by Dave. DCW, how are you? I'm all right. All right, yeah. And, and also making his getting his second From the Rookery End cap. A welcome back to Adam Drury. How are you doing, Adam? All right. I'll follow, I'll follow with you all right. <laughs> all right. Boys, I'm going to throw it open to you straight away. Watford have lost the game. Is it down to Sheffield United nullifying Watford or down to Watford just not being able to create enough? Well, it was a tight game settled at the end by a set piece. You know, I was speaking to someone who's been watching the game at home. Um, they said that Pedro lost his man at the corner. I think it's gone in off Porteous. I think it's taking a deflection. So it's bad defending from us, but also a little bit unfortunate as well. By the sounds of it, we couldn't really see. We were down the other end. I think today highlighted what has been a problem for us all season and that is scoring enough goals despite the fact we scored three on Monday night a couple of those were a bit fortunate really today we got into a lot of good positions in wide areas seldom did we put in a good ball there was only really the ball in from the free kick in the first half that Davis had a header with and and went wide and then there was one in the second half from Morris that Davis and Pedro sort of neither of them really got anything on but it was a good ball in and a good chance but apart from that we were putting lots of balls into the box Sheffield United were capable of defending it clearing it most of the time we we weren't threatening enough for long enough Adam it feels like that's the best team that Watford could have put out today I think Dave's right there I agree with him we didn't threaten enough why is that I guess the question is what what went wrong out there Mm. It feels like the players that we hope would be decisive this season and we keep hoping will be decisive just aren't quite delivering in those final moments. I felt like certainly the players coming back from injury haven't looked quite as sharp since they returned. I don't think Davis looks the same player as he was. His performance away at Norwich when he got injured was excellent until he picked up a hamstring injury and I don't think he's looked the same since then. Pedro just doesn't look quite as sharp as um, as beforehand as well. Um, And... Israel Asarius is getting quite a lot of stick. You don't want to be too harsh because he's at the heart of lots of those close moments. But you just want him to be more decisive when he gets the ball wide in the area. And it's just, yeah, it's just not quite happening for us. You mentioned Keenan Davis there. And I think, for me, that was probably one of the most disappointing afternoons I've seen from, from Keenan Davis. On an afternoon when, like you say, Adam, the players coming back, the, the players that we need to spark in these big games, when there isn't going to be much different you know there wasn't much between the two sides in terms of in terms of quality it's an incredibly tight game here at, at Bramall Lane but you want he's he's the number nine he's the hold-up man he has got a big job to do in big games like this Dave for you you know we don't really want to dig out individual players too much because I think it's a collective issue with Watford this this season but as Adam rightly said you look to big players Keenan Davis not great from him today it wasn't the best no but it also it was a performance sort of I think Adam's right. He hasn't looked quite as good as he has done earlier in the season in the last few games, but it's the sort of performance we have come to expect from him. If you get the ball into his feet, he's got a chance of rolling a man, but also quite often doesn't release the ball quick enough or find the right pass. It's not like he's had, you know, in his slight defence, it's not like we've kind of really given him much to work with. We're not getting, we weren't finding him in the box, we weren't giving him chances. The one that we did, he didn't take in, in, in terms of that header in the first in the first half it is a bit disappointing I wonder whether maybe you know you might want to put in Britta Sombolonga who looks, has looked lively enough when he's come on Arouge has looked pretty lively today but he's a completely different player you might have to change the system and, and the way we play it's, it's tricky I don't think he's firing on all cylinders but also I don't think we're helping him much either So Adam we go in, we, in terms of attacking players we've got Ken Semmer back 
uh, and, and he's, he's looked good since he's come back. But we've got those players, Keenan Davis. Hopefully for him, he's got a Premier League career ahead of him. It's Mayla Saar looking for, an, uh, looking for a Premier League move. João Pedro will, will certainly get a Premier League move or a top-tier move. Can I, can I mention João Pedro? Adam, Adam mentioned it just there. You know, yeah, maybe he is getting back to full fitness and he isn't quite sharp. But, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, unless I missed one today. I can't remember the last time he had a shot. No. He's, not, he's, he's, he's getting on the ball a lot, but he gets in those wide areas. His movement's really good. Drive forward and test the goalkeeper. He's, he's our best, you know, supposedly our best or, you know, in our top sort of two players. He's the captain. Uh, he's just not providing enough goal threat. And that's what I was going to ask, Adam. We feel almost laughably blunt really considering the, the, the riches we've got or the players that, that, that we've got up there and we know what they can all do they all cause problems for defenders they have to deal with Ismail Assar they have to deal with, with Jao Pedro every time Jao Pedro's on the ball the defender's arm goes out they're looking for shirts the same with, with Isma so I guess my question for you, for you Adam is, is how why can't we unlock defences why aren't we looking more confident more slick more dangerous in front of goal we've got these these players who demonstrably can do it at, at this level why aren't we getting the most out of them what what needs to change and, and how can, and can it change yeah I mean if I knew if I'd be <laughs> yeah, making yeah. a second managerial change of the season and bringing me in but um yeah you're right I mean they're the players that we were excited about keeping hold of in August bringing in Keenan Davis getting loser fit that's what it was all about and you don't want to be you know drawing a line under the season yet because you never know but it feels like this season's going to peter out and be a disappointment and the main talking point will be the fact that we kept hold of all these guys and that was the point of this season we keep them together and build a core and it's just not happening I don't know what we're going to do next I agree about Pedro not playing close enough to goal I almost think for him as well even you know he talks about him getting a big move he needs to possibly nail down something more of a sort of set position for himself as well because like, I don't think any any big team's going to come in and say right you're our number 10 you can drift all over the pitch like like you do for Watford so I think for him um, and for Watford's chances it would be it would be good if he could I, I don't know maybe maybe the next the next thing we'll try is to bring Kone and Luza into a three-man midfield with Chaudhry and Pedro kind of more as the nine with Saar and Semmer each side that was the formula which got us promoted last time at the moment I think just that final touch as you say we got into decent positions it wasn't like we were outplayed and it wasn't like we uh, failed to get into the final third today you're looking for that decisive touch I think particularly from Pedro and Saar and Saar fails to deliver it too often at the moment and Pedro's not even getting on the ball in the box and in those dangerous positions easy for us to stay from the from the stands but I think it's always been an issue in terms of decision making I think they look ponderous and as a result are, are kind of ineffective we're talking about what we can do well you can make substitutions Britta Sambalonga came on Dave thoughts on on Brit his performance this afternoon and, and what he can give Watford potentially going forward I think you commented before the match like I don't think he looks quite lean enough and sharp Rich enough, coming from yeah. me isn't he? <laughs> yeah. um, but you know clearly he hasn't played a lot of football and he needs minutes but I'm encouraged by him he looked lively but it's difficult coming on when you're chasing the game and we're sort of trying to throw balls into the channels and stuff but you know I think and like he did the other night against West Brom when he came on he's showed a few flashes a few touches um, he's a player that scored a lot of goals in the championship before so you know, I would like to see a bit more of him. And, and I, equally, Arouge as well. I think he's a player with a lot of pedigree. We, we were very excited when he came in, but we've kind of, he's, you know, sort of been a little bit more in the background than maybe we'd, we'd expected him to be so far. But if Davis isn't doing it, why not start, you know, one or both of them, change things up a little bit? It's, you know, I think, you know, there's, there's we can't score goals. So you've got to try and do something. And those attacking players who aren't starting, they're the ones you need to bring on and try and think about, I yeah. guess. I would expect Arouge to be in the starting eleven 
more often than not in, over the next few weeks. I mean, there's no way we brought him in on loan to be bringing him on for the last seven or eight minutes in these kind of games. Like, I assume there's some sort of agreement with Benfica that he gets minutes um, apart from anything else, and just just a waste of time if he doesn't really get if he doesn't get on the pitch. So I think the, the games over the next few weeks when they should be ones that we dominate, where we're creating chances and and not creating chances on the break and, and putting balls into him to hold up actually dominating games in the opposition half I'd expect him to be starting more so um, yeah we shall see and the, and the next few weeks is really the big test for all these players because the fixture list turns a little bit from here we've got teams in the bottom half at home and we have to we have to go on a run and these guys have to deliver from here before we before we drop back into the midfield and then we'll, we'll have a quick look at the defence the end there it almost it had that feel of it it's like Staker, we are going to score. We are going to get a chance here. It did feel that Sheffield United were there to be got at. I think particularly in the first half, if we broke through, they pressed. There didn't seem to be much space for either side at any stage. But if Watford did break free, there did seem to be a lot of space out there. So I was actually quite confident as the game wore on that we would get chances. Probably the biggest chance came in, what was it, the 96th minute who wants to take that who wants to talk us through that that goldman scramble it came from a corner it came from a corner day it's all still a blur really it looked it looked to me like i think it fell to brit's feet a couple of yards out and he just he just you know it was a bit of a mad scramble but he just couldn't get his feet right and he couldn't get anything on the ball fell to sar he tried to take a touch and move it inside again perhaps not as decisive as we'd like him to be just put your foot through it at that point get it on target make the keeper make a save and I think, you know, it's just that sort of summed up the afternoon, really, wasn't it? We we just could not get that ball over the line. I've been talking about it, that shots this season for Watford have been a problem, haven't they? We're not buying tickets for the for the lottery often enough. And you saw towards the end there, you take a shot, a defender, Sheffield United defended well, give them credit, but when you're throwing bodies on the line, balls are going up in the air, they're spinning, they're bouncing, you don't know where it's going to land. And Watford aren't generating that enough of that chaos, are they? They shouldn't have to. Are they guilty of overplaying it a bit? I mean, you, you see them occasionally. They switch the ball. There's some there's some nice diagonal plays, balls that that unlocked it a little bit and found the space. But then it all slows down, doesn't it? Adam, midfield-wise, there's the loser coming back. He looks and still looks like that Rolls Royce of a player, doesn't he? He doesn't have to think about it like some of the others have to. He knows where he is on the pitch. He knows who's around him. He knows what his job. He knows what he's going to try and do. Came off after the hour. <sighs> Kone, I thought he did did all right. Mm. Yeah, so did I. Mm. I mean, to be fair, we can we can talk about bits and bobs that's gone wrong on the pitch. I think if Loser had been fit all season, we probably would be much more comfortable inside the top six than we are um, because clearly he elevates everybody else, not just himself. Um, think back to that sub appearance at Stoke when he came on and it had been a fairly pedestrian performance and suddenly everybody yeah. was quicker, sharper, up ten percent again. I think. He's obviously getting back to fitness. I thought he probably wasn't at his absolute best today, but still, the way he keeps the ball, the way he sees the game is great. I really like Conan. I think he's had a good impact since he came in in January. I like the fact that we're building a core of the squad that will be here next season, regardless of regardless of what happens at the end of this season. I think he's going to be a big player for us next year as well. Um, he gets the ball, he drives forward, he looks brave, considering you know there's been lots of talk about his, his professional career. He's actually you know only been a year year old yeah, or so. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, I think he drives forward really well. I think Chowdhury, to be fair, I thought was, was excellent today and like delivers for us every week. I, I, I wish he had a slightly better passing range and moved it quicker like Loser does, but in there with Loser, I think that's a good partnership. And he's, he's, he's like this safety net, always there to break up play, always there to stop the opposition breaking on us. There was one 
in the second half where he could almost he hardly you know he didn't really see him then he came across and put it out for a throw down the left and he actually recovered the ball for that chance at the end as well so um yeah I thought they did okay in there today it wasn't like Sheffield United were were battering us or no. numbering us or dominating us in there is, is midfield a problem for us Dave is that why we're not necessarily un- unlocking the sort of the upfront treasure trove if you like or is does anything need to be fixed in there or are we starting to see a, a midfield that we can we can get behind and can be confident like Adam says in the games coming that they're going to they are going to deal with what's what's put in front of us I, I don't think the midfield was an issue today I think as, as Adam said I completely agree pretty much with everything he said there like I think loser was was good but still needs sharpness the fact he's come off after an hour tells you that he's he's still not quite there but he's just that level above all of the rest of our players in terms of his ball his ball progression his passing range his class his touch his balance his vision it's all there um, it, what's interesting is you know so at the moment you want Chowdhury and another in this system next to him preferably loser but Kone you know, I don't know whether as you said maybe he'll shift things around and try and get all three of them on the pitch I'm not sure maybe Kone is a well suited at the moment to coming off the bench like he did today because I thought he did really well when he came off the bench today he, he got the ball wide he looked confident you know, didn't he didn't give it away much he progressed it he was trying things you know he's clearly a talented player I don't think the midfield is an issue at the moment it's as, it's as good as it's been for a long time we've had a few players who've been playing in that midfield this season and last season who look like you know they just never ever want the ball never show for it can't play but at the moment it's that's, that for me isn't the issue it's you know, it's getting creating better chances and those forward players being more decisive and being more clinical. Defensively, Adam, I thought in the main pretty good. I thought James Morris has really grown into his role at, at, at left back, and he looks for me the starter now. Pretty comprehensively, he looks trustworthy. Mm. He looks assured, and I like the way he gets forward. and And to be honest, if you sort of overlay his performances over Hassan Kamara's, they are. They're just more solid. They're more, I'll use that word trustworthy. It's not, a, it's not a great word, but you sort of, as a manager or a head coach, and you're thinking, right, am I going to go for either of them? They both offer buccaneering runs forward. James Morris is, never goes missing. I think his positional play is, is decent. He's strong. He's tough. Never goes missing. Happy with him? Yeah, yeah. I think he looks really accomplished. He looks like he's got, he's, I think he's said he's worked with Craig Cathcart quite a lot and he's had Cathcart playing next to him. He looks like he's got that kind of, football brain where he, he's calm yeah. um, never flustered where I think with Hassan Kamara so often it's like he's a Out bit shape. like a headless chicken yeah. legs everywhere yeah. um, so I'll be, I, yeah I expect Morris to play next week I'll be pretty disappointed if he doesn't um, I think defensively from open play we're fine it's just the set piece defending we're, we're conceding from so many set pieces at the moment and it looks like which we, is don't, ir- we don't know what we're doing which is ironic isn't it because I, Wesley Hurt and, and Ryan Porteous have look good as a centre-back pairing and what I love about Ryan Porteous is when he heads the ball clear for example he's looking for a pass with the header he's not just getting it downfield and away he reads the game quite well I think he, he, he looks at what's in front of him and he, and he plays accordingly I like the way that he organises in front of him he's talking he's demanding stuff of, it, of the players uh, in front of him and then you've got obviously Mario Gaspar at right back as well so there is a real combination across that back four of uh, enthusiasm of confidence and of experience and also they look pretty solid Wesley Hurt had to had to walk the, the tightrope of being on a, on a yellow card for what was it 90 85 minutes and didn't really ever look in, in, in danger apart from the you know there are a couple of couple of moments where things got hairy so why are we conceding then from a set piece it looked to me like it was McBurney at the, at the back post looked completely unmarked that a man who had won virtually every header or at least caused mischief 
with every ball that came towards him. And there he is, completely unmarked, and he heads back across and, and in. What, what, what's going on there? Well, uh, we, obviously we haven't seen the goal back and we couldn't even really see a replay in the stadium. But as I said, someone's told me that Pedro lost him. You have to sort of question, what, why is Pedro marking McBurney? Surely you'd want one of the centre-backs. But, you know, it's... You know, that's what happens at set pieces. You've got to be switched on, you've got to follow your man, you've got to be tight and all that stuff. It's been a really basic stuff. And Sheffield United, maybe they've got a good routine, a bit of clever movement or whatever. Like, it can happen. Um, and it's not all down to the centre-backs. It's about defending as a team, as a unit and, and being well-drilled. But it's disappointing. I think it's in, the defence is interesting. It has improved. And uh, Porteous look much, much better than the, the, you know, most of the players that we've had in those positions over the last few seasons. They look confident. They're good on the ball. They've, they've improved us, no doubt. But we did have to rely on Backman to make quite a few saves today yeah. as well, to be fair. He, he, had a, he had a good game, I thought, in the main. His usual sort of little bits and pieces that he could improve on is, you know, his sort of decisiveness at times. But in terms of saving the ball when it comes to him, he, he, he did really well. And, you know, we conceded two on, on Monday as well. You know, we are conceding chances still. Um, so they have improved us. They look better, but we're still conceding goals. I think, I, think, I think Dan Backman kind of sums up where we're at. Made some, like you say, Dave, some super saves, especially in the second half, two in very, very quick succession to, to keep Watford in the game. But you did mention it very, very close here in the away end at, at Bramall Lane. You're right on top of it. And you could see his indecisiveness in that first half mm. a couple of times. And that's a real issue in his game, isn't it? And you'd think if he could just sort that, he'd be a, a really, really good keeper. And I just wonder whether it feels like that sort of slight indecisiveness is permeating throughout the whole squad so defensively the occasional mistake midfield they're taking a little bit longer with that pass through because they're not sure if the striker's going to be onto it the strikers aren't taking their shots early enough they're not feeling and it just feels like we're half a beat off throughout doesn't it Adam how do how does Slavin Bilic fix that and, and how much of that is down to him I think to be fair that's what Bilic has talked about a lot himself hasn't it he's he Billich's best biggest strength is the coach so the the personality and the vibe he brings to the group he's he's played in big games he's been a big player himself um, so that 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 to me is what he's talked about publicly more than anything else more than any small tactical details or whatever he's talked about the team needing to play with personality and courage it feels like maybe we just need a big win a big performance t- to make it click hopefully that's coming because other than Luton and maybe the Norwich home game this season you can hardly say there's been a complete performance where we've walked away saying that was fantastic we're, we're at it hopefully one of them is coming we don't get to talk to you that often I'll come to you Dave on this perhaps later but in terms of you're walking away from Sheffield United now you've got to get the train home you'll have time to think about it I think Watford are down to eighth right. in the table now so out of the playoffs and yes we've got a decent run coming you'd still hope that Watford have got a massive massive opportunity to get into that into that post-season shake-up but how are you feeling, Adam, about that in terms of... Are you confident? Are you excited? Are you looking forward to it? Are you worried? How? Because I can't get my, I can't get my head around how I feel about this season at all. I think I sort of kind of... It, it's been stop-start in its nature. The calendar has been weird. Um, we've had so many injuries. We've had the change of manager. we had the false start with Rob. Everything just seems to have fed into making this a sort of... Ugh, and it kind of like... I don't know, I'm... Not over it, but sort of struggling to, to, to build up a head of steam, as are the team. How, how are you feeling? It's been, it's been a bit of a slog, hasn't it? And it feels like, as you say, every time, every time we say, right, this is the chance to get going, something else comes along. The injuries obviously haven't helped. Just as everybody gets fit and back in the team, we have this difficult run of fixtures 
obviously dropping points at Burnley and Sheffield United. My feeling is going into this run of games that this actually is one last chance for us to salvage something from the season with, I think, only... But I think we've got Luton and Sunderland away to play other than that teams basically in the bottom half of the league to come lots of teams at home towards the bottom so there, there clearly is a chance there to salvage something from the season and it would kind of sum up Watford if we did you know over the last few no, no team combines this weird extreme of being <laughs> on the verge of a, of a meltdown and then suddenly pulling something from nowhere no club has done that as often as Watford over the last few years so I would still expect us with the quality of players in the team and the depth in the squad. I mean, there were decent players who didn't make the bench today. I don't think Martins was on the bench or, or Espria. There's clearly the opportunity there with everybody back to go on a run from here. It's hard to say whether I've got confidence that we'll do it because there's no evidence that we will based on this season's performance. But you would hope that they're going to get together after not a bad performance today and yeah. say, OK, come on. This, this is one last chance to make a push and if we play to anywhere near our best between now and the end of the season I think we should still make the top six I think it's important Dave to get across to the listener that that wasn't a bad performance it's, it's a defeat we probably haven't asked enough of the, the opposition goalkeepers we'd like but it wasn't a, a bad performance and I think it, perhaps clutching at straws a little bit here but that was a team that looked disappointed at the end didn't it they were and they, but disappointed Aggressive. but together yeah. weren't they yeah they were we were in it until the absolute death right at the end yeah. we were still going we still had chances you know we had, we've had enough chances to score at least one goal there today and it, it, it's the ultimate sort of fine margins game isn't it and we should remember Sheffield United are second they've had a big big win for them today because Middlesbrough have lost um, today as well to West Brom so it's huge for them they're going for promotion like, they're much further ahead than us, than us in terms of points in the table although they didn't look like a much better team than us today they are more consistent they are a better team really um, than us this season so it, it was always going to be a difficult game we shouldn't, I don't think we should be too deflated but the problem is because we've been so inconsistent this season, because we fluffed our line so many times when we sh- should have picked up more points in certain games, the games are running out. It's very tight. You know, we were coming to the games today and you were going, oh, yeah, I'll take a point. Oh, it doesn't really matter today. It's a bigger game for, for them than it is for us. So it's like, well, we, we, the games are going to run out. Do I really sound that annoying? <laughs> the games are going to run out, so they're all important. Every single point counts. You know, it could come down to easily could come down to goal difference. It could be a real bun fight on the last day of the season to get into that top six. And you know, the last thing you want is to be looking back and thinking, "Oh, if we just scored a goal there, if we just picked up a point there, if we defended that corner better." And that's you know, I think that's what we're in danger of at the moment. Adam, you've got to go and get the train. So let's wrap it up. Out of ten, what are you giving Watford's performance there? Five. Five out of me. Harsh, that Dave. Up. Uh, 6.5 Arlo? Zero <laughs> There you have it Zero from Arlo He'll have them in for extra training on Sunday Adam, thanks for joining us on From the Rookery End Go and get your train Thank you Dave, we're going to hit the motorway Let's do it <laughs> From the Rookery End A podcast about life following Watford FC So we've chewed up some miles We've headed down the M1 And we are at the aptly named Watford Gap Services And it's fair to say that the conversation has moved on from this afternoon's game. We're currently going through uh, go-to chocolate bars. Dave, what was yours? Kit Kat Junkie. Star bar for me. Or a twirl. Arlo? Mm. Well, mine would have to be Kit Kat Junkie, but that, the popcorn one, where you've got popcorn and peanut butter. On special edition. Interesting. To bring it back to the football, unfortunately, Dave, I just, did, I just wanted to pick your brains very, very briefly, considering the last podcast, uh, um, Pete, who listens to the podcast, hello, Pete, came up to me and with some feedback... And he wanted to explain to me that 
often you'll have heard Dave and, and listeners will have heard me on the podcast saying I think we miss a player on the pitch who gets in the ref's ear, who tries to sort of make sure that the ref hears our point of view, often saying that John Eustace is my sort of poster boy for that sort of thing. And Pete was explaining to me that he is he's an experienced official himself. He knows match officials that referee at the, at the highest level. And he said that, that actually... That is the exact opposite of what you want to do. And John Eustace is actually no was known for being one of the um, worst protagonists of that. And actually what referees do is they shut down and it just becomes a little bit of white noise when it goes over the top. So that was interesting because I've always felt we lack that. We're not really savvy enough, but it sounds like we're doing the right thing potentially. Just in terms of refereeing, Dave, I feel like in the championship it's been a bit of a struggle sometimes. Is that... Fair or am I just feeling a bit grumpy because the, the games haven't gone to, to plan? In general, I'm, I'm quite a big supporter of yeah. the referees and I, th- I think they do, in general, get too much of a hard time and there's a lack of appreciation for how difficult the job is. But, <coughs> obviously, you know, it stands to reason that in the Championship the referees are going to be in theory of a lower quality than in the Premier League maybe less experienced or, or they're, they're down there for a reason you know referees get demoted into the championship if they have a bad run of games or whatever in the Premier League so that makes sense um, I do sometimes think that it, it, it's a way you end up clutching your straws a little bit if you're blaming referees or looking to referees of course there are injustices sometimes there are bad decisions there's inconsistencies but it's really difficult the ref today uh, he got booed off at half time didn't he by the Sheffield United yeah, and at full time I think he gave a few things our way but uh, you know I'm not a VAR fan either I think generally it's a, it's a bit of a tired old cliche but I do think it's true that things do tend to even themselves out in the end but it's interesting hearing what what Pete had to say actually because yeah that is a perception that you may have of football and it's it's probably a lot of things like that that we sit there sit here and talk about and think about are actually very different to the reality yeah I was grateful very grateful for the, to Pete A for listening in the first place um, but yeah for sharing that really valuable and real life insight as to as to what it's like because I have banged on about that relentlessly and to be to be put right is um well, it's good. And I thought what was interesting to you about the reference frustrates me slightly is that he was obviously looking to give a free kick. Sheffield United broke. He looked to the linesman. Linesman didn't give anything. Looked again to the linesman. Linesman didn't give anything. And the reference, oh, well, I'm going to have to give this myself then. And gave the free kick. And it's, he was almost saying, looking for the linesman to reaffirm his belief that it was a free kick. Didn't get it. And then gave it anyway. And, and I think it's things like that, perhaps, as, as supporters that are frustrating. I make you absolutely right. He said, what an incredibly difficult job. People herring around at, at incredibly high speed, skillful players. Of course, one of the arts, sadly, is winning fouls when they're ne- not necessarily, you know, contact can be deemed a foul now when it's not necessarily a, a foul in the truest sense of the word. So a very, very difficult job. But, yeah, fascinating um, to be put in my place by Pete. So thank you very much for that. As we've come down the motorway, Dave, we've sort of talked about a little bit about how Watford's running, if you like, if we probably can call it that now at this this stage of the, the season. There are some slightly, well, you'd like to think more straightforward fixtures, obviously no disrespect to the teams we've got to play. But with, you know, Middlesbrough out of the way, Burnley out of the way, now Sheffield United out of the way, Geordie posed a question... Is, does that make it more likely? Does that put Slav potentially more at risk now? Because, 
you know, Watford haven't really played well at all since the since the World Cup. We know we're going to be desperate to get into the playoffs. Does it feel like now is potentially a time where where Slavin Bilic is is at, is at serious risk potentially because of the fixtures we've got ahead of us? I see what you mean. You'd think maybe he would there would be some understanding and a bit more leeway from Gino if he, if you know if such a concept could could ever be true. Um, having played. Burnley, Sheffield United, West Brom there's a bit of understanding that it's a tough patch of fixtures. I think the fact that we are 8th now we're only 3 points outside the playoffs but the fact that we're 8th and I know it's very tight but the fact that we're 8th and we've got that run of games coming up, we've got Preston next week at home, then we've got QPR away Birmingham at home, Wigan at home Luton away which obviously is a sort of bit of a special case and then you've got Huddersfield, Coventry, Bristol City, Cardiff, Hull, you know like they're, 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 there's a lot of games there that we'll be expected to win so I think I talked a couple of episodes ago about the um, about Gino's uh, doomsday clock and I think if you don't win next week I think it starts ticking and it starts getting closer to midnight for Billich because for all the mitigating circumstances around the injuries and the whole, the whole sort of backdrop to the season, the stop-start nature of it, we know Gino doesn't have any patience. We know that he will be desperate to get the club back into the Premier League. It's imperative financially, probably, for the club to get back into the Premier League. And, and, and if we do start edging away from that pack, which hopefully we won't do, but if we do, and we're sitting in 10th, having struggled to beat Preston and QPR and Birmingham or whatever... I think the trigger will be pulled. So bearing in that in mind, so do you think it's more likely bad result against Preston, bad outcome for Slavin Bilic? Potentially, yeah. It really wouldn't surprise me. Like, it wouldn't have surprised me if he'd gone off, if we'd lost to West Brom on Monday. Uh, you could f- could have foreseeably seen that happening. And, uh, you know, it, we're so used to it and, you know, people will mock us again and we'll be, it'll be like Groundhog Day, we'll be back there again. But... We know that you're only ever a bad few results, and it just it just feels it has felt a little bit sticky, and I don't know. But I think yeah, I, we're probably being a little bit pessimistic here. This is a very glass half empty way to look at things. We've got to run a good games. That should be good good news for us. We could get some momentum if we're ever going to go on a winning run, which we haven't gone on at all this season. We've not strung a proper run of you know four, five, six wins together. What a perfect time to do it. You know, run into the end of the season, really cement that playoff place, go into the playoffs full of hope and confidence. That's the ideal scenario. But I do think because we are in the business end of the season now and we've got those winnable games, it's exactly the sort of scenario, if you look back in previous seasons, where Gino will go, I've got to roll the dice because we, we're, we're, we're not getting there. I can see the chance of promotion slipping away. So I think, you know, if you're Billich you need to be aware of that. I mean, per- personally, I hope that he survives and I hope that he guides us through to the end of the season because I think we... I just want that continuity. I, want, I think he probably gives us a decent chance of being organised for the playoffs. I think... And this is only my, my take as a fan sitting on the, on the sidelines. It looks like the players are, are into him as a, as a head coach. I suspect they respect him, I, or at least I, 
I hope they do. And the, and the reality is, you know, this afternoon we've gone to a tough place in Sheffield United. It looks like the reality is they're going to go up in, in second place. We've given an OK account of ourselves. Adam gave us a 5 out of 10. You gave us 6. Arlo, a slightly uh, uh, difficult to comprehend 0, which I thought was tough. But they have given a good account of themselves at Burnley at Sheffield United. And I think, just looking at them at the end, I, was, I thought that was quite telling how sort of down they were in terms of that level of disbelief. But it was togetherness was there. I do think that we're not a team in terms of our performances yet and we're running out of road to, to click and I do worry that Gino will will panic but I do think those mitigating circumstances have been have been massive this season but we do find ourselves in a precarious situation. We know though, we've watched Watford long enough, we've been doing this podcast long enough to know that uh, there's never a dull moment and anything is possible when it comes to following the Hornets. That'll do it, I think, for this episode. Thank you very much to Adam Drury um, for joining us. Um, thank you much, uh, very much to DCW. Just, just um, looking around <coughs> us here as we sit in the McDonald's at Watford Gap Services and you, you signing off this podcast and a few strange looks. <laughs> curious people who've been on the road all day thinking, what on earth is going on here? <laughs> well... It's from the rookie end, everyone. Get it wherever you get your podcast. And that doesn't just go for the people here at Watford Gap Services. Of course, carry on listening. I saw a few Luton fans over there. I'm not sure they're going to be listening. <laughs> They'll be listening. They love us, really. Uh, get it wherever you get your podcast. Thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you for everyone getting in touch. You can get us on Twitter, on Instagram or Facebook, at Watford Podcast. You know how to find us by now. Um, but, yep, yeah, thanks ever so much for downloading, for listening. Stick with it. We're entering the business part of the season. Let's enjoy. Let's get, get behind Watford. Um, I think the crowd can pay, make a big, massive difference in these, in these upcoming games. So let's try and enjoy it. We're still in the hunt. Let's see what happens. Onwards and hopefully upwards. Come on, you horns. Come on, you horns.